Hello and welcome to Love and Honor. I'm Essence. I'm Leonard, aka LP's the Great, aka us. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. So today we wanted to talk to you guys and let you know more about us, so you know who is talking, talking <laughs> on a regular basis. So um, let's tell them a little bit about us. Leonard. Okay. Well, again, I'm LP's the Great, aka Husbandman, aka. Dang it! I can't do it. And we are bringing you the Love and Honor podcast. Woo! <laughs> Yay! So we wanted to start out our first episode with just telling you guys about us because it would be nice to get to know who you're listening to, right? Well, first and foremost, I'm looking at my wife right now and she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you'll learn a lot about us. We are very silly. Um, but anyway, we've been married for... Almost nine years, so since 2011. We have a son, and his name is Honor. And he just turned one in January. And we live in Las Vegas. So that's a little bit about us. But as we go through the podcast, and as you um, experience our ep- the episodes with us, you'll just learn more about us. I feel I, it's, It'll be like we know each other. Oh. But you, you had to share all your aliases that you came up with. Yeah, next time so, I do better. Yeah. AKA, no. <laughs> okay, go, go. No, no, no. Give it to him. Anyway, Tell we have a are. wonderful son. <laughs> a wonderful son named Honor. Okay. He's our pride and joy. You'll hear more about him. He's the honor and love and honor, obviously. Yeah, and we're, us, our relationship is the love. Yes. Oh, and we love our baby, Honor. Of course. Can't forget about that. <laughs> so, where do we live? Las Vegas. Yes. Lot, whoa. Henderson. Henderson. <laughs> so, Ooh. we putting all our stuff out there. Well, we love y'all, so... I mean, we don't know y'all yet, but whatever. <laughs> okay, guys. So, as you can see, we like to have fun. Um, our podcast, why we even started to do the podcast was... Um, we were in transition. So, we were coming back to California. We were um, seeking God to find out, like, what is it that we should be doing with our lives? And we decided to go on a fast together. And then... We prayed, and then towards the end of the fast, we felt God open our eyes to some things. And one of the things was love and honor. Um, shout out to Jen, because she came up with the name for it. Who's that? My sorority sister. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, um, shout out to her, because she is like the queen of coming up with names for things. And so... She came up with love and honor, and we just felt led to move forward with what God placed within us. Yeah, so now after four months of disobedience and not moving forward with it, here we are. (laughs) Nobody's perfect. (laughs) And so it's, you know, I think it's the most important part of it is to be obedient. So if if we were out of obedience or we weren't moving forward or we weren't stepping out in faith for whatever reason, it's important for us to get on track. Like, and as... You know, like I've been praying. I know you've been praying, um, asking God, like, Lord, what should we be doing? Lord, what should we be doing? I felt like he was saying, like, I already told y'all what to do. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't have other things in store for us, but we have to be obedient to what he called us to do. And so we were out of obedience because we weren't doing what we're supposed to do. And for some of us, that's like a broken record, you know, even outside every people listening to this podcast, I'm sure we're not the only ones who we've had something placed on our heart. And then we were just, I don't know where the hesitation comes in. Yeah. Well, but here we are at the beginning of love and honor. So welcome to the family. Yeah. Welcome to the family, the love and honor family. So that's why we're doing the podcast. We're being obedient to what we believe God called us to do. Uh, he placed some things in our heart and love and honor is a podcast about family, of course, marriage and parenting. So thanks for joining us and I hope you enjoy getting to know us better. Today we're talking about how we met and what really went down. So back in the day, like 2007, I will move back to California from Vegas because I went to UNLV. I went to school out here and I graduated and I was working out here. And so, um, I moved to Cali. My cousin invited me to a church and I started going there and Leonard went to that church. And so one day, one of my, our, it was a mutual friend. It was like a real close friend of the family for Leonard. 
and she was um, somebody that I was cool with. And a guy who was in the band had invited me to this place called Up in Smoke. It was a restaurant. And so I go there. Leonard's there. A whole bunch of other people from the church are there. And me and I go with one of my uh, one of my friends, one of my sorority sisters. And um, they invited us to come sit with them at the table. Am I missing something? Yeah, the guy um, who invited you was I trying to holler. I wasn't sharing that part. That's, that's, that's the part. Well, that doesn't matter because nothing happened from that. So it was just he invited me and so did Tara. So we were invited by other people also. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so we were there and it was like live music. People were singing. It was jazz and stuff. And then um, we were invited over. Me and Zico were invited over to the table. And Leonard was there. Zico and, was there? Yeah. That's she was crazy. there. It is crazy. It was so long ago. It was almost a decade. Was it a decade ago? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So anyway, um, Leonard was at the table um, with his sister was there. Tiff and Preston were there. And Tiffany and Preston were dating at the time. And I thought they were all related. It was weird. Remember that? I do remember that. Anyway, Leonard had planned some kind of game night after that. And he invited me. He took my number. He got my number. He invited everybody. I was being a good Christian. Okay. He got my number and he invited me to game night. And game night fellowship. Let's just be clear here. Well, the funny thing is there was no game night for a little while and you were calling me. I was planning it. Okay. Ooh, I was calling you. You were calling me. I don't know about that part. You weren't you weren't calling me? No. Was I? Yes, we were talking on for the prayer? phone. No. Oh, you were you were you were trying to holler. <laughs> I wasn't though. Anyway, so um, he finally had a game night, <laughs> <laughs> and we came. And Leonard told me what time to be there, and nobody else was there when I got there. It was just me. <laughs> People came. People she was the, just early because he told early. me an earlier time. Well, you and know, so, CP time. You oh know? my goodness. But anyway, I was on time and nobody else was there. And um, so people start showing up and stuff and we hung out. It was real fun. We were just friends at first. Told it was you. nothing more than that. I wasn't thinking about Leonard like that, to be honest with you. Nor was he thinking about her. He was thinking about me. Yeah. He used to look at me in church and watch me worship, which is so strange. That's me. not fully true. Okay? <laughs> is, it, is it true? I, I used to run the soundboard and I saw everybody worship. Okay. I mean, I thought it was cool how she did. Oh, but... my God. <laughs> what? It's just so interesting, your story. So, anyway, um, over time, we started talking on the phone more. and We became friends. And then uh, I started liking Leonard. Yeah, I started liking him. But it snuck up on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, he Something happened, and I think one it was a girl who... Like, my cousin, she used to tell me stuff. And she was like, oh, so-and-so likes him. And I was like, well, whatever. He could just talk to her then. And I didn't even like her. so. But I was going to make the decision for him. And I wasn't going to talk to him anymore. But then it bothered me. So I was like, maybe I do like him. Because instead of, like, just being able to stop talking to him and not wanting to anymore because I was like, whatever. Um, I actually cared that I possibly thought he could be talking to somebody else. So that's when I realized I actually liked Leonard. But before then, I thought we were just cool. And that was it. I wasn't thinking about him like that. So he started liking me and then the rest is history. So the events in Essence's story were true. Um, There was, huh? Right. The events. But the the background of it all is she's just a little confused. Nah. Just just a little bit. So there was a, a restaurant that we went to where they had jazz music. There was a game night. Uh, but it was all platonic. Is that the word? Did I say it right? Platonic? Yes. You're just going to shake your head? Oh. You don't want the people to hear you? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so, you know, she went there because some dude was trying to talk to her. That's not why I went. Well, she went there and some mind. dude was trying to talk to her. Yeah, and. Um, and then, you know, I invited her to the game night, which is true. 
Uh, but what Essence is not telling you what is that you? what was happening at the church. What was happening at the church? Oh, yeah. So I was part of the uh, media ministry. Like I said, I used to run the soundboard. Okay. And guess who came part of the media ministry after meeting me? Why? Because your mother. Huh? Your mother. My mom had nothing to do with the media oh ministry. Oh, my gosh. She told me I was part of that ministry. The media ministry? Yes. Nah, that's the other ministry oh, that you joined because I was part of. I that was when you joined the youth no, wait, ministry. That was See when what your I'm mom told me. Okay, her okay. story's all mixed up. <gasps> she, don't, she don't know. Really? So this is what happened. No. So we, no, wait, we wait, found wait, ourselves. Wait, wait, you wait. You have a chance. No, what are you doing? I didn't. Because no, I have to re- I have a rebuttal. Listen, you were part of the media ministry uh-huh. and I was doing the easy worship, Correct. the little PowerPoints on the screen. So the media ministry. But I wasn't in it because of you. I was in it because I was being a part of ministry. It had nothing to do with you. All I'm saying is that you are in the perfect position to be found. That's all I'm saying. Maybe God did that because it wasn't me trying to be found. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about you like that. At the end of the day, I found her and I'm glad about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so it's enough, enough about how you were watching me worship and you found me at church and I was in ministry and it wasn't about you, it was about Jesus. Um, let's talk about our engagement story. So Leonard did an amazing, he did an amazing job for our engagement story. Well, thank you. Yeah, he did a very good job. So I'll let him tell it. I think you should tell this story. Okay. So um, the first time we hung out on, it was like uh, around like the family and everything. It was Christmas Eve where it was like his whole family. And so every Christmas Eve, since I guess Leonard was young, his family gets together and they do the night before Christmas. And it's like a big Primus event. So all the kids, the young folks get together and um, they read. Uh, Leonard's dad reads the night before Christmas with his siblings. And now it's something we still do with our kids, their kids, everybody's kids. It's a big thing. It's a big deal. Well, anyway, so um, I was at night before Christmas. Leonard had invited me. Tiff and Preston were there. Like everybody was there. And um, at the end of the night, Leonard's dad made a comment like. This is not part of the engagement Yeah, but I wanted to share it. (laughs) He said, some of you will be here next year. And to those who you won't. Or he said something trying to to say like, y'all probably won't make it. You're not going to be here. This is, they bring people like this is what it is. Yeah, I got jokes. Okay. Yeah, well, he had jokes and I caught it, but I didn't say nothing until the following year. Or two, I let it pass because I had to make sure I was there before I was making comments, and I'm still around. Just had to throw that in there. You but anyway, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. You, where you're not either. So anyway, um, so it was. A, it's just a tradition. Like it was. A, it's a family tradition to always do night before Christmas. So a couple of years after we were dating, um, it was night before Christmas, and my dad came. My mom was there. My sister was there. I made sure everybody was everybody there. Everybody was there. And it was so strange. Remember, uh, Sister Marlon was there. Mm-hmm. It was so many people there that like don't normally come. It was because Leonard was proposing to me. And they already knew. So um, it, they did some kind of house game. This never happens at night before Christmas. And Tiffany did it. And she was like, we're going to pick a, a name out of the box and whoever wins gets a house prize, which was a new thing because they don't, they don't normally do that. So, um, I guess Tiffany had a whole bunch of papers in there that said SC or Essence. And, um, well, so- typically, um, on the night before Christmas, we all open up presents. Yeah. But the way we spun it this time was because we had so many guests that we, you know, we weren't going to have everybody opening up presents. So we'll just have somebody open up this one present. We're going to do a raffle. Whoever wins gets the present. Did you think of that? Yes. I didn't even put two and two together. To this day? Till you just said it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like, they never do this. That's yeah. strange. See, I guess it was a idea that <laughs> didn't really need to be there. But Well, uh... it was still a good idea. Well, anyway, so so they did the house gift and then um, Tiffany called it and then I won. And then like it was a present. It was a shoebox, right? It was wrapped. Yes. And then um, so they're like, open it. Because I don't think, I don't know if I was going to open it yet. You and then... <laughs> First of all, Essence's assistant was mad. Like, dang it. Essence always wins the prizes. <laughs> She said that? Yeah, she was yeah, she was real bad. She wanted to win. <laughs> so anyway. Ding, ding. <laughs> so anyway, Dina. No. So anyways, uh Leonard. So I opened they they like pressure me into opening the gift. Cause I was gonna save it for later. 
and I open it. And as soon as the box opened, Leonard, I look up and Leonard's on his knee and he asked me to marry him. He's also sweating. <laughs> <laughs> Not now. I was, I was sweating. No, yeah. Then. Yeah. Then. It was real. It was so special. It was precious. It was cool. My family was there. And that was our story of how we were engaged. So Christmas Eve. We still do Night Before Christmas every single year. Every single year. And it's our special day. What? Nothing. What? Nothing. What? <laughs> Nothing. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> that's our engagement story. Then we got married, and so we have our wedding story, which was uh, we were planning this big wedding. Like, we were spending all this money. We were going to have it at a golf course. I don't even remember what golf course it was at. It was beautiful. I'll tell you that. I'm sure it was. But we had put down the deposit. My dad gave me money to um, put down the deposit for the golf course. And then, you know, you start finding out, like, it costs this per- this much per head, per person. $25 you know, like, a plate per yeah. person. It was more than that. Well, <laughs> 25 I mean, would have been a good good price for per person. Yeah, it was but a lot. It was crazy. But anyway. Um, it just was so expensive. And as time went on, I feel like we were just spending more and more money. And so, um, one day, cause it was supposed to be in October and one day we were like, let's just get married. Let's just do it. Like we could go to the beach and I've always wanted a beach wedding. Um, and we were like, I think we said pastor Moreland to do it. Cause I was thinking we were thinking, um, I don't know what we were thinking, but, um, or your dad and then he was like oh you know we should talk to pastor Moreland about it or whatever because mm-hmm. we already did our premarital counseling and everything and then um we talked to him and he was like wait one week get your marriage license first right right so so we got our marriage license and then we um instead of doing the beach wedding we just decided to get married at church so before we got married um i remember posting on facebook make sure you guys are at church on sunday yeah you know and you just got to be ready. And, and people so, who were there were there. And the people who weren't. So then hopefully, you know, no hard feelings. I told everybody to come. I put it on Facebook. So um, the day of the wedding at the end of service, uh, Leonard's dad, who was uh, who was an elder at that church at the time, he said, uh, he got on the mic and he was like, yeah, you know, you've been here since, for, since the beginning. Since, since we met at the church. Since, so. Yeah, since we met at the church. And he was like, and so it's only right that you're all here when they get married. So I'm inviting, I'm personally inviting you all to the wedding. And it's happening now. And then like that, pastor comes back out with Leonard and his best man, which is his brother, Aaron. And then um, they're standing there and then. Tiffany, which is my sister-in-law, Leonard's sister, she sings, and then um, they play the music, and then in walks me and my dad down the aisle. Most beautiful bride ever. Thanks, baby. You're welcome, baby. And then it was just beautiful. Yeah. I mean, like, it was so awesome. There's a picture that I have, and every single person in that place is smiling. Yeah, it was great. It was like they just had so much love. You know, like, you didn't see one person frowning or looking crazy or like, eh. Why are they doing this at church or anything? It's just love. It was so awesome. Yeah, the best part is we were happy. We ain't going to our uh, our our marriage into in debt because of uh, because of a wedding. Like, isn't it better to like to have the money and go on your honeymoon with? I mean, we lost out <laughs> on money. We did we did Not like as two. Much as we would have. You're right. We lost. We did two honeymoons. We did like a little mini a yeah, mini moon. Yeah, because we already had it planned before we changed the date. Yeah, so we kept that, and we were like. Oh. It is what it is. And yeah. then we just went to like a mini little getaway for, uh, we went to Palm Springs. <laughs> That's a Springs. story in of itself. Remember the mini getaway, the uh, the cruise that we were on? Oh my gosh. It was the best. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's another time. That's for another time. But yeah. So all that to say, we got married mm-hmm. and that was almost a decade, well, almost a decade ago, over nine years ago, um, yeah. less than almost nine years. It was yeah. almost nine years since 2011. And I would do it all over again, boo. Yeah, me too, baby Bubba. Mm. But you know what? It just goes to show you that it's not about, like, it's, I'm not knocking anybody who had a big wedding. Like, my plans were to have that big wedding. It was just getting so expensive. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not about the wedding. It's important if that's important to you. Like, if you want to have a big wedding and you want to show everybody and proclaim your love and have so many people come and do you, whatever yeah. you want to do, that's perfectly fine. But I would say that people uh, do need to spend more time focusing on their marriage and focusing on the wedding. Yeah. Message. I totally agree with that. Like, it's very important to know that 
even though you can have the most amazing wedding, it's about the marriage. Mm-hmm. It's about what happens after the wedding. It, it or yeah, it, it, it matters about the relationship. Um, what's your focus? What's important? What you're building on? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not about for not that it's for it's not about what you're doing for everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's great to proclaim your love. It's great to have a party and celebrate. Do whatever you want. I'm not knocking that at all. But you just have to know what's most important. It's about your investment. If, if you if you are investing more in your wedding than you're investing in your marriage, then there's, there's gonna something's be problems. off. It's going to be problems. There's something off. There. And I think a lot of people just want to be married. Like marriage takes work. It's not a game. You can have fun. Me and Leonard have fun all the time. But it's marriage does take work. Like it's constant communication. Because we're people and we change. Life changes. We grow. Mm -hmm. And if you're constantly not communicating, it's not going to work. If you're not investing in your marriage, it's not going to work. If you're not making it a priority, um, prioritizing your spouse and your relationship and your family, it's not going to work. No matter how big the wedding was. Yeah. So the wedding is an event. The marriage is what lasts. That's, That's the actual experience. That's the journey. That's the road. The marriage is uh, the marriage is the point of it all. Mm-hmm. So you know, and building that on the foundation of God, making sure that we're you know doing what He called us to do and living how He called us to live. So it's about that's what it's about. And so all that to say, we thank you guys so much for joining us. Love and honor. Love and honor. It's about our marriage our relationship and it's not just like yeah works we're talking about us but through this hopefully our mistakes can be your lessons the things that we experience hopefully we can share it and you guys can have you can get something from it and you can also grow with us so this is family we're building family we're sharing our lives we're being transparent and i just pray that god uses it to be a blessing god uses it to teach to for all of us to learn and grow together so welcome to the love and honor podcast welcome to the love and honor family you guys take care and join us next time for another episode of love and honor with essence and leonard aka husbandman aka uh dang it Hello, and welcome to another episode of Love and Honor. We're your hosts, Leonard and Essence. I'm Essence. And I'm Leonard, a.k.a. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Just kidding. If you guys heard the last episode, then you understand what Leonard is doing. I'm going to get these down. Trust me. Okay, go. No, not now. (laughs) Okay. So, well, you guys, we thank you for joining us again. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Love and Honor. We're your host. I'm Essence. I'm Leonard, a.k.a. LPZ, a.k.a. I had him in my head, I promise. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, today, you guys, um, last time, if you tuned in, we were talking about um, how we got together, how we like marriage. We talked about what else did we talk about? Um, How you were trying to get at me. Um, Man. You made your way around me and, you know. What? Huh? No. Oh. Whatever. We were talking about our, like, (laughs) when we met each other, when we started dating, and then when we got married. So today, we're going to talk about our road to honor. Our road to honor. So honor is our son, and he's one now. And um, the whole us getting pregnant, like, it was a journey. It was a journey, for sure. It definitely was a journey. And it's crazy because, like, you know, um, we wanted to have children or a baby, and it was just a lot of obstacles that were really discouraging and seemed like it kind of looked it like looking on the outside in or even being in the in it, it wouldn't just necessarily we wouldn't necessarily think that it was gonna happen, but we trusted God. So Yeah, and what's crazy is when we were trusting God and we were going through our journey everybody else was getting pregnant man i mean like but not just everybody like the same people again yeah it was like close people like everybody and their mama and their cousin and their sister and whoever else were getting pregnant and then they would have another baby and it's like oh my goodness it would be like god like what's going on like 
I'm happy for them, but I'm feeling this way about me. Yeah. I had a friend on who was on his third baby and we were, we were still yet trying. Yeah. But you know what? God knows exactly what he's doing. And although like it may seem unfair or it may seem hard or it may seem like, Lord, why are you doing this? Or why are you allowing this to happen? Like everything works out according to his plan and his will. And he knows what's best for us, even though um, we don't always know or we don't always trust that he knows. So um, today we're going to talk about our journey. So. So our first time getting pregnant uh, was about a year into our marriage. Yeah, within the first year. Within the first year. I remember we we got pregnant and we went over to my parents' house. I remember telling you first. Like, and you told me, and then we took the uh, the pregnancy test and we took it to my parents' house. Remember we that? left. Yeah, we <laughs> left the house. So Leonard got home from work and then we left the house to go to his family's house and tell them. Yeah. And we told them. Everyone was excited. We were so excited. Like this we was going to be the first grandbaby on my oh, side. We thought it was the first grandbaby. Well, he he or she is in heaven. Still yeah, the first. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so, but yeah, and it's crazy because like we weren't trying to get pregnant, but we weren't not trying to get pregnant. It was like if God blesses us, we're gonna have this baby or have a baby. And if He didn't, um, if we didn't get pregnant, then it was what it was because it wasn't something that we were trying to do. Yeah, no, we were trying to rush. We were trying to enjoy, you know, our um, our marriage. You know, we were brand new in, mm-hmm. in it, so. But it was a welcome. It was a welcome, um, surprise. Yes. So, um, we told everybody, but I even man, people at work like. Miscarriage wasn't even something that we were thinking about. We weren't thinking that that like you don't really hear about it prior to us having the experience that we've had. Mm-hmm. I don't recall people ever talking about miscarriage to me. No one really talks about it. I mean, they after, don't. after we had ours and we began to talk about it, then you would hear other people like, oh, yeah, I've had two or three or. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that is. Well, the thing is, people, it's like they're suffering in silence. Like, I know God's able to heal. But God takes us through things for a reason. Mm-hmm. And the things that you go through, don't let it be in vain. Like you have to share your testimony. Of course, you have to be ready and able to share it. Um, but I don't know. I just, it was something like you, you, I don't know. Do you feel like it's like just you, like before people start sharing their stories? How did you, how did you feel? About uh, the miscarriage? Yeah. Like, well, with, yeah. I mean, I think it's different for uh, the, the men and the woman. Because when it's the man, like it's we like we know that you're pregnant, right? And but it's not a tangible thing because we haven't experienced any changes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think with the woman, like when they're pregnant, like they have a baby. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they feel the changes, they feel the baby, and they're moving. They know that something's on the inside. So for for me with the miscarriage, it was really more so me thinking about you. I mean, obviously, I cared that, you know, we were going to have a baby, then we weren't. Mm-hmm. But it was really like, man, I, I hope my wife is okay. She's dealing with a whole lot, like, inside, like, not just emotionally, but inside of her body as well. Mm-hmm. So that that's that was really the most painful part. Mine was like, I don't know, it was, we weren't even expecting, we weren't even trying to have a baby. And then we got pregnant, and we were so excited, like, yay, we're having this baby. And, like, we told everybody yeah i told my people at work i mean right when we found out too we didn't wait (laughs) we didn't know like facebook (laughs) (laughs) but and the crazy thing is that's why i'm like shoot no you we wait now like you know almost five months like you you wait (laughs) and i mean to each its own some people tell immediately and everything's fine aaron and d like they are my uh brother-in-law and sister-in-law When they were pregnant, they told immediately and Mm -hmm. everything was fine. And just we, I don't know. It's just something I didn't expect. No, like we said, no one talks about it. It's well, now they, I feel that they do because we were so open, Mm -hmm. but like people didn't talk about it. So it wasn't anything that I even thought was a possibility of happening. I knew it could, but it never even crossed my mind. Yeah. So if you guys haven't figured it out yet, the first pregnancy, we we had a miscarriage. I don't know if we, if you mentioned that. Right, right. So, um, I ended up miscarrying. And I was so excited, like, that we were going to have a baby together. And then I was just disappointed. And it was like, it hurt. 
And I think it's a mental thing too, mm -hmm. because you're like, um, you get excited about having a baby and then it's not, you're not having that baby anymore. Yeah. I even remember us downloading apps where we put our pic our pictures in there. <laughs> yeah. To so see how the, the baby, baby would look like. Oh, like. <laughs> does Otto look like that baby? I don't think. I don't no. know. Maybe it baby was super light skin. <laughs> I'm look French on, on the app. French? <laughs> yeah. Cause you got that hair. Remember? Does he look like I wish we need to download that so we can see <laughs> because I honor might I don't know anyway that's it doesn't matter but I, we did do that we were yeah. like oh this is how they might look yeah we were and super stuff. excited yeah we were but it it sadly ended in a miscarriage and it was it was just really heavy that was a it was heavy um but I knew God was in control even though see and even though you know God is in control it doesn't change that things can hurt mm -hmm. and things still affect you and still you know have a, a re you'll have some kind of feeling towards the things that are going on positive or negative yeah. in this case it wasn't it was negative so yeah sometimes it's hard like to know that God's plan is better than your plan yeah. when, when you're in that moment because it doesn't appear that way correct and it hurts and you may, and sometimes you may never see how until you get to heaven and maybe he'll talk to you about it or maybe just be in his presence. And, and you just don't himself. even care anymore. So, so. Yeah. but yeah. So, um, after that, within the following year, I, it was probably like eight months later, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, we had got pregnant again and we didn't think, did we think that miscarriage would happen again? No. Because so. yeah, they tell you like, they tell you like, Oh, the chances of this happening. Mm -hmm. Each pregnant is different. Each pregnancy is different. So. Yeah. So we, we got pregnant again. And, and Essence knew she was pregnant before. Uh, I think even before the test and everything like that. You just knew. I know my body. And that's the thing. We got it. We have to trust our bodies, guys, because I work in, I work in operations in the, in a medical facility and doctors know what they're talking about. Like they're very knowledgeable people, but there's some things like we know our bodies, like they're diagnosing and seeing things regularly. And so sometimes I would think it's easy to put di put um, symptoms and to put things into categories mm -hmm. and then to just, you know, get into a practice of thinking if this happens, then that, but if you know your body and you know that something's different or not right, or you're something's off or something's reacting different, like trust your body, trust yourself. You know, you better than all these, anybody else, regardless of what degree they have mm -hmm. or training they have, you know, your body, you know, when something's right, you know, when something's not right. So yeah. Doctors practice medicine. Exactly. It's a practice. It's a practice. You, you know, your body. Yeah. So, um, when we were pregnant this time, we went in, like this time we went for the doctor's appointment. And when we went... I feel like I want to tell them what hospital was. I ain't going to nah, do No, we're not going to do that. But, yeah. I don't know. We had some other it experiences. It was in Fontana, that, California. It was in Fontana, California. But <laughs> it's a it big was, one. It wasn't... Uh, but we, we had experiences with hospitals, so... Yeah. But anyway, um, so we... I went in for an appointment, and then they did the ultrasound. Mm -hmm. And this time... There was a sack, but there was nothing in it. But it wasn't like well, known no, yet. Before that, they, when they did the ultrasound, uh, this because they did ultrasound in the past, and they saw oh. and, we, and they heard, we saw the baby's heartbeat in the ultrasound in the past. But this time, we went for the appointment. Oh wait, you're right. Mm -hmm. Wait, wait, wait. The first time they saw the sack and there was nothing in it, that was the first time we were pregnant. That yes. was the first time. Yes. So there was the sack, but there was nothing in it. And then they said sometimes that happens, so we could come back. Then I started bleeding after that. And that's like when we knew that I was probably miscarrying. This time when we went in, I was super excited and we were going to hear the baby's heartbeat. They're going to do an ultrasound mm -hmm. and they did it. Now, I don't know how this happened. I know that she was maneuvering and doing all kinds of stuff. I saw something on the screen. I was like, what is that? And she was like, that's the baby's heartbeat. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like I saw it. Were you there? Yes, I, I've never Oh, yeah, you've been to all my questions. I'm so sorry. You have been. Let me stop. I don't even <laughs> don't know do why, like where that. that question came from. But, okay, so we, and I, they said that's what it was. And then you could tell she was, no. Could you tell she was concerned? Yes, yes you okay. could tell. She was concerned because then she wouldn't really tell us anything. And she just started looking around and then she couldn't really find it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't, like, where was she? she? Clearly it was in an area it shouldn't have been in yeah. because she was maneuvering and doing all this other kind of stuff. And she, it was I don't know. Well, then the doctor comes in. She had him come in. And the doctor tells Essence that she's not pregnant. No, no, no. That was later. She sent me to radiology. That was the same day. Mm -hmm. And we had to go to the radiologist. And they had to, like, I had to 
have a full bladder and they had to see, and they're not allowed to tell you anything. They can see and tell what's going on, but they can't tell you. So then you have to go back to the mm-hmm. doctor and then the doctor tells you. So he, and I remember the doctor's name, but I won't put him out there. Uh-oh. I won't do it. So anyway, <laughs> so, um, we, the doctor comes into the room and he has the pictures, the images, and he's putting them up. And he says, I wasn't pregnant. I was like, no, I know my body. And I was pregnant. And he was like, you weren't. I was like, my HCG levels were high. They were within range of pregnancy. Like, I know that I was, I know that I was pregnant. And he was like, you were not pregnant this time. They had me talk to a nurse or somebody who talks to people. I felt like it was a lifetime movie. Like she was like, you were never, I was like, yes, I was because I saw on the screen Mm -hmm. and then, and now you're telling me I wasn't like you sent me to radiology. Not to mention your whole period was gone. Thank you. And I do not miss, I don't miss cycles at all, but, um, he just, they just told me what they believed that they knew. And I already knew and God gave me peace. I knew that I was so, um, the doctor told us that, what did the doctor say? He said, I wasn't pregnant. He said it was fibroids. Yeah. He said what, what they saw on the ultrasound was a fibroid. That's what he said. But it was, heart was beating. So, and then I was like, well, why are my, I started asking all those questions. Why are my HCG levels high? Why this, why that? He said, sometimes like your body gives off these things or mm-hmm. whatever. It was just. He was practicing. <laughs> I don't know what he was practicing, <laughs> but he was wrong. And I knew he was wrong, but I just like, God gave me peace regardless mm-hmm. of the situation. So um, he told me I have fibroids and he was like, well, you guys want to get pregnant though. And so since you want to get pregnant, we should remove the fibroids. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was like, okay. So we came, we came back uh, was it a week or so, a couple of weeks it later. It wasn't that long late. Yeah. It wasn't that much long later mm-hmm. that we came back. So we came back to have the surgical procedure to remove the fibroids. But wait, so before I had to do my pre-op, so that's when you go in and then they, um, they have you, uh, they do like the pre-surgery stuff and they give you the information and make sure that you know what to do when you go for it. Cause it's like a outpatient, pre- it was, it wasn't a big procedure or whatever, even though it was laparoscopic and they were going to anyway. So, um, we, in that meeting, like in this, cause I have to talk to them and I have to talk to a nurse and they have to give me this, these details in that meeting. I remember like saying, I don't believe I have fibroids. Were you there for that? Not for the meeting. Okay. I'll tell you what happened. So we were in the meeting and, um, she was, the woman was talking, the nurse was talking to me and she was just telling me like, you're going to come at this time. You're going to do X, Y, and Z. And she was giving me the details. And I said, I don't believe I'm, I'm, um, I don't believe I have fibroids. And I said, I know I was pregnant. So I don't, I don't know. I don't believe it. And she said, well, I've seen miracles happen before. And I just believed what God, I felt God put in my spirit and that what he gave me wisdom of and knowledge of is that I was pregnant. And so she was like, I can go get the doctor and you can tell him because I didn't want to go in for surgery for fibroids if I didn't have fibroids. And so, um, at this time I still believed I was pregnant. I didn't have a miscarriage or anything. So, uh, she went and got the doctor. He came out. He was very, um, he was very certain. And I told him what I told the nurse that I didn't believe I was, um, having, I didn't believe I had fibroids. And, uh, he said he was 99.9% sure that I wasn't pregnant and that I had fibroids. So, um, I said, okay. And we scheduled this, we scheduled the surgery. We, I went in for the surgery. So it was like the next day, probably. And then we go in and the nurses like, uh, and I'm sure we're leaving stuff out, but, um, the nurses were like, Oh, so you have fibroids. I was like, that's what the doctor says. And they're like, so have you been bleeding? I was like, no, they said, so have you been experiencing pain? I was like, no. And then they would have a puzzled look on their face. Like, why are you coming in here for this? If none of these things, these are the things that usually happen Mm -hmm. when people have fibroids. And I was like, yeah. And they just looked like, huh, that's weird. Like you can see it on their face that they were like, why are you here? So one of my close friends, her name's Nisha. She told me, she said, make sure you have them take pictures. And I was like, eh. she was like, tell them to take pictures. So I told them in advance, make sure you take pictures. And so I went in for the procedure and um, they prepped me. And this is my first surgery ever, regardless of how big or small it is. And I had so much peace. Like God just gave me peace. I knew I was pregnant, whether I was still pregnant or not. I knew I was pregnant and I didn't believe I had fibroids. And the backing up, 
The provider didn't even, he wasn't able, even able to show me the fibroids on the images, on the Mm -hmm. x-ray images. When he like had to put them up, he couldn't show them to me, couldn't see them. And I thought that was interesting. So anyway, I go in and they do the anesthesia and I'm counting backwards and I wake up and and I'm in the, um, after the post-op area and I'm talking to another nurse and we're just talking and she reveals to me that, oh, I don't, no one else would have been able to tell me because I was out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but she was like, you're, um, Leonard wasn't even there at this time. I was there. When she was talking to me? Oh. No, I was in the waiting room. Too. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm yeah. sorry. You were in the waiting room, but like when we were having this conversation, she was the one who I found out from that it was, ecto- that it was, uh, it turned out to be an ectopic pregnancy. And so there were no fibroids. And I was just telling her, I knew my body. I already knew this. Like I had peace and I was able to deal with this and I wasn't in there tripping and acting a fool because I already knew because God already prepared me. He prepared my heart. He prepared my spirit. He, I trusted him more than I trusted the doctor and I knew what it was. And so the doctor ended up coming out and the woman was just like, you just have so much peace. And I was like, that's God. I said, because I knew. I feel like there was, um, when they were doing the surgery, I feel like they found out then that it was a baby because I remember the doctor coming out talking to me in the waiting room. Well, I was under, so I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was the point of contact and he he asked me because I, about what what did I want him to do as far as your fallopian tube? Really? Was, yeah, and that's why they removed half uh, a portion. You never of the, told me. I never told you that. No. Yeah, I was scared. I was like, man, these decisions. <laughs> what? So what did he say? I don't remember exactly. I, I'm gonna ask my dad because dad was there with me. Uh-huh. Um, but he came out and he, and he said something about it was a baby and and about different options that they had as far as what they can do. What were other options? I don't remember. I'm sorry. <gasps> It's okay. I made the choice. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's hard. I, never, I know. You never told me. I never told you. Were you, were you nervous about yeah. letting me know? Oh no, I wasn't nervous about letting you know. I think it was just, it's just a lot going on. That is um, a lot. You be dealing with a lot with me, huh? Um, well. Yeah. <laughs> with all this that we've experienced. Huh? There's been some things. Okay. So anyway, um, so the doctor comes out. And now, remember, he was 99.9% certain that I had fibroids. (laughs) 0.1%. That's why I say it. And when people be sharing statistics with me, I don't like it. Because they always be like, oh, the chances of this, the chances of this, and that's what be happening. But I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, he came out. He came to the bedside. And he was, while I was in my post-op area, and he was all humble. And he was like, "Um, well... But I already knew. <laughs> I talked to the nurse. I already knew what was happening. He showed me the pictures. I'm glad Nisha told me to get those pictures. And then it, he was like, "It was it was an ectopic pregnancy, so it was in my fallopian tube. It was in my it was in my left fallopian tube, and they had to remove. I they removed portion of it. He didn't tell me you made the decision. He he didn't put anything on anybody. He just yeah. was like, this oh, is man. what it was. And I was like, okay. And I had peace. I wasn't even mad at him because he didn't know. He didn't know. He was practicing. <laughs> so. That's our second. Ex- that was the second experience that we had pertaining to pregnancy. It gets deeper. It does. So after um, the ectopic pregnancy, so we had a miscarriage. We had an ectopic pregnancy. I mean, I was feeling a little down. I wasn't depressed or anything, but I was feeling down. I was sad about it. You yeah. know, we went to a church. The church we were going to at the time, and uh, we went up for prayer. <laughs> this was before before all that stuff happened like wasn't it no this was after was it yeah i thought did we have another miscarriage in there because remember on mother's day when we had found out we found out on mother's day i think i must have had another miscarriage in there that uh-huh. i'm leaving out but we found out like a year later on mother's day yeah so I, after the first one so it could have been another one it's been a few so um but yeah so continue uh, we went to church and we got prayer and the lady who was praying she was she was so like like sad this is when we were going to find out if it was like a viable pregnancy and if everything was if oh, i was miscarrying and no no yeah but it's okay because but it was like when we were finding out if i was miscarrying or if, if i still had the baby even though i was bleeding because pe- i heard stories and i always try to steer on the side of positive and faith mm-hmm. so so let me tell you about my wife she's so 
comforting. <laughs> and like she has this gift to really kind of comfort people. So the lady was praying and she was so sad and she was almost crying. My she wife was, was up there comforting her. So like, oh, it's going to be okay. Well, she was like, <laughs> like torn apart. Cause it was like mother's day. They had me go back to the hospital to tell me on mother's day on a Sunday. That was like the enemy, like, ha ha. You're, you know, trying to just tear me down or plant seeds or, you know what I mean? Of doubt. But um, so the woman, like we went up for prayer because of what we were experiencing and the woman was praying for us. And then she like, I feel like she was crying and she just felt so bad for us. Yeah. And then we had to, pr- I had to pray for her because she was going, that's, she was heavy. That's nothing but the peace of God. That really. is the peace of God. Because we, we could have, we could have taken it a lot worse. We could have, you know. It could have been bad. It's, it's a very sad story. And you know what? Some people do take it worse. And it, it's your it's their experience. And it's your experience if you are taking things harder. I mean, we still t- I took it hard still. It's just the way that I handled it was maybe not the same as somebody else would handle it. Or it was. But um, I took it hard. It was, it was hard. Because then, like, doubt started to creep in. I, I guess I kind of allowed doubt. Man, I got to the point where I was feeling like I was barren. And I don't even know where that came from. No doctor ever told me I could never have babies. They couldn't tell me that nobody said anything like that. But like, I let my thoughts go there and I don't know why. And I was just like, God, like what's going on? Like, why are you allowing this to happen? Questioning and wondering. And, and I know God's in control. I know he knows what's best. I know all these things, but in the midst of it, when you're experiencing pain and hurt and disappointment it's just like, what is happening? Like, why are you allowing this to happen to us? And I don't wish it on anybody else. You know, I just wanted it to work out for us. And then you get discouraged and disappointed. And then, you know, you turn to the word and God gives you messages and he gives you encouragement. And then people, people would come to us. They would be having dreams. People with all kinds of people be like, you having twins, you having this, you, you having a baby double for your trouble. Um, I had a dream and this is what happened in the dream and you were pregnant and you delivered and all this other kind of stuff. So, you know, we had hope. We did have hope. There was discouraged. We were discouraged within it all too, but we also had hope. So um, years passed. So we got married 2011 within 11, 12, I think 2012, we were pregnant the first time within 2000, the end of 12 um, to 13 or something, maybe pregnant again. And then, so it was a while that we weren't pregnant. We weren't even getting pregnant. And then we started trying to get pregnant and it wasn't even take, like we weren't getting pregnant Mm -mm. years go by. That was like 13. So 14, 15, 16, 17. That's four years later. Yeah. Four years later. That's crazy. So, um, yeah. 2017. So on my birthday, 2017, I wake up to my wife giving me a present. The present was a, a pregnancy test that said positive. Oh, Leonard cried. <laughs> hey, don't be putting me out there like it's that. It's okay, but it was just so beautiful. Yeah, we were excited. We were like, yes, this time it's going to work. Yes. We were super pumped we were up. like, it's not happening again. Because, you know, they tell you, like, the chances of the miscarriage. Even though they say the chances of ectopic pregnancy increases when you have miscarriage. But, like, you don't think all this stuff's going to keep happening. But right. then, like, I feel like there was, like, a shift in my thinking to where... All we knew was it not working. So that's like sometimes the first thought, even though we have to crucify that and we have to let that die and give it to God when we think like that. But then like the the surprise would be that it worked out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so that weekend we went to California because I was throwing a surprise birthday party for Leonard. And um, I was just like doing a lot. Um my friend Denisha, she helped. She's like a sis, but, um, she was helping me with everything and it was just a lot. It was just so much running around and stuff. Um, so we go back home after the party. We didn't tell anybody this time. And Oh, the reason why we don't tell anybody is because when we miscarried, um, of course we had to tell everybody that we miscarried and lost baby. So they feel uncomfortable also. And then at work, I guess I missed some people because I talked to someone years, like it was like a year later or something. They're like, how's your baby? And I was just like, dang, that hurt. Like that really sucks. (laughs) But I just left it alone. I was like, yeah, so, and I kind of went over, skipped over it. And I had to tell the people at work and they took it pretty bad too. Like, you know, and they're uncomfortable because they don't know what to say to comfort you or anything. 
But anyway, so 2017, we um, come back from California, mm-hmm. and I, that must have been a Sunday, and then Monday happened. Yeah. Early Monday morning, I wake up because I have to get ready for uh, work, and I am so exhausted. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this how it's going to be? What I'm thinking is, it's like, is this how it's going to be when I have like this pregnancy? Like, I am exhausted, tired. And so, like, I was sitting up in the bed, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I felt so exhausted. I was like, let me lay down. And I think I was passing out, but I wasn't at the time realizing that's what was happening is that I was going in and out of consciousness. And so I go to the bathroom and I'm like falling asleep as I'm walking. And I just think I'm so tired. And then I go in the bathroom and I pass yeah. out. Well, so I'm I'm in the bed sleep and I, I, I know she was going to the bathroom because, you know, even though you're asleep, you still kind of feel these things, especially in the morning when you're getting ready to wake up. So I'm, I'm laying there. And all I hear is a crashing noise. I'm like, what the heck? So I go to the bathroom and sure enough, it was Essence. She had passed out and she was laying on the floor in and the bathroom. You said, did you say it sounded like something hit the ground like real yes, hard? Like you definitely hit your head. Yeah. For sure. It hurt a little later. Like it had a spot, like a, a portion, you know, like when it's bruised or whatever, sensitive yeah. to touch. Or so whatever. here I am. My wife passed out on the floor and I know she's pregnant. I'm losing my mind at this point. Yeah. Um, so I call, uh, I call 911 and we call, uh, have the paramedics come. I think that's when I wake up and you're on the phone. Like I must've been going in and out of consciousness because I wake up and you're on the phone. Yeah. You woke already. up already. And I kind of was able to get you off of oh, the floor into the yeah, bed. I was disgusted because bathrooms are so <laughs> disgusting to me. And I was like, you get me out of here. Here like, she is uh, in and out of consciousness, floor. but all she's thinking about is get off the, <laughs> the bathroom floor. I'm disgusted by bathrooms. <laughs> like they're just so gross to me. And like, yes, I need to get out of there. And I didn't want to, and I need, Leonard had to get me dressed. Cause I was like, if the ambulance is coming, Get me out this bathroom, put some clothes on me so that, you know, I'm I'm decent. So, um, the ambulance came and the 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 EMT guys came and they like While we're in there, we start getting I start getting sharp pains in my stomach and I'm like, they get to they're like hurting so bad and I have a, a very high tolerance of pain. But they were hurting and I was screaming. I was like, ah, like really loud, yeah, really loud. I remember that. And like, they, I don't, they didn't really address it. They acted like it wasn't there. They said I was dehydrated. I'm in there screaming in pain now and I'm dehydrated. I remember that. Yeah. It just like. I've never, I've never heard you scream outside of that. Well, I've never screamed over time. pain ever in my life. I've never screamed over pain. That was the first time. It had to be because I don't recall ever. It was crazy. So um, I told them about what I was experiencing. So then they took me to what did they was it a CT or whatever it was. I was inside of that. I think it was a CT machine. But they did a scan and they were like, there's nothing. And I start screaming in the room when I'm on the table and they're looking at me and they don't know what's going on with me. So I come back. And then um. They wait and I'm sitting in there for a while. And then uh remember like they had me lay some kind of way and I was experiencing pain. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway. They end up so they end up like telling me I'm dehydrated, nothing changed. They gave me some juice and stuff to eat. And then they have me walk around the hospital and then they sent me home. Yep. They said, you know, I was dehydrated. So we believed I was dehydrated. They didn't tell me anything was wrong with the baby, even though they didn't check on the baby. Did they even do, they didn't they, even do blood work. They didn't, work. They didn't do it. And this was ER. And All they did was gave you IVs. Yeah. So anyway, um, we go home. Then we get home. So we get home. And, and I'm we, weak. I'm weak. This is weak. Mm-hmm. We're walking up the stairs because we lived upstairs. So we had to go up. And luckily the Lord gave me wisdom to walk behind Essence because halfway up the stairs. I start feeling like. I'm about to pass out. You passed out. But I was feeling like, I was saying like, I feel like I'm going to pass out. Yes. And then I did. Passed out and I caught her and we got You up, laid me on the floor. Yeah, we got up the stairs and I laid you on the floor. And I was like, Leonard, call your mom because she's a prayer warrior. <laughs> she's a sidebar. She's a prayer warrior. Oh, I was yeah. like, Leonard, call your mom. We called all the saints. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, you were on the phone with everybody. But no. So I was like, call your mom because nobody knew we were pregnant. And I was like, tell her to pray. So he called her on the phone. I remember... So you must have had your phone too because you were calling the ambulance. And mm-hmm. we were talking to his mom. No, she was praying. I was like, you need to pray. We're pregnant. All this stuff's going on. Like, pray. 
And she was just praying and praying. Because <laughs> to this point, I still hadn't, <laughs> we still hadn't told nobody. We were, we were just like, look, this too shall pass. We, we had we so thought, much faith. <laughs> well, we still have faith. But that shows you faith for real. Like, I don't know uh, if that was wise faith, no. But it was faith, though. Like, I don't, I don't care about this passing. I'm just going to stop it. This baby is coming. Well, the, yeah, man. That's the kind of faith we have. So, anyway, um, she's praying. So, Leonard calls the ambulance back. Well, no, what this this is something I'll never forget. I laid my wife on the floor, and she looked at me and said, Nana, what's wrong with me? And it, it, just, it just hurt. Don't do this. Oh, I'm going to cry. Uh, so, anyway, <laughs> you've been all mushy. Stop. I didn't realize that. Okay. I didn't know I said it, but I probably was trying to figure out what was wrong because that was a lot. It was just too much going on. So anyway, um, Leonard calls the ambulance and the ambulance comes. It's the same people. And they're like, didn't, didn't they say, didn't we just see you? They yep. came and got me again. We went in the ambulance again, went back next door for another thousand dollars. Cause the, you know, that's the, the part that's the craziest, but, um, yeah. And so we went back to the hospital. Now there's no rooms Yeah. and I have to stay in the, in the, the hallway, hallway pushed against on the a, wall, on, on what a is stretcher. that on a stretcher thing. And they, and they and I'm screaming because now my pain has escalated like it's even more. Yeah. I felt like I had to go to the bathroom, but I could not go. So tell I them th- what was happening inside of you. Okay, so I tried to go again. Oh, before that, I tried to go again. Um, to go, I was gonna go to the restroom, and the woman was like, "Did they do an ultrasound?" And I was like, "No." And she's like, "They didn't do an ultrasound." Mm. And I was like, "No." I told him I was pregnant. So she's like, before you go to the restroom, we're going to have to do an ultrasound because you have to have a full bladder. So we went in there and they did the ultrasound. You know, they don't want to tell you nothing because they need a, a doctor in the room to tell you certain things. So you weren't in there at this time, huh? They did this one part without you. The You couldn't go in there. Well, anyway, um, then they were like talking, you know, and then they let me go to the bathroom and then the doctor comes in and they're talking in front of me. And I said, oh no. I said, was it a miscarriage? Like, and then I was like, was it an ectopic pregnancy? So now I'm thinking I had an ectopic in my other fallopian tube, the only good one that I had. And I was just like, oh my goodness, like what's going on? Like you guys need to tell me what's going on. And they said, you had an ectopic pregnancy. Turns out to be in the same fallopian tube that I did not have, which is so amazing that God must have grew it back or whatever he did. But um, it turned out to be a corneal pregnancy, which is more dangerous pregnancy because it's in the entry of your uterus or whatever it's called. I don't have the scientific terms. And it's very rare. And so um, I would need an emergency surgery. And so because it ruptured. Because it ruptured. And that's why my stomach was, that's why I was experiencing pain. And, and they sent me home. And during this time, the second visit to the hospital, Same your day, stomach was starting to grow. It was growing. And it looked it as if blood. you were like, like seven, eight months pregnant. Yeah. It, like it was growing. So they took me next door. They put me in this room and I'm losing so much blood. So they have to do blood transfusions, plural. They had to do blood transfusions and they're giving me blood. And then something's up with the machine. So the nurse is like using her hands to like squeeze the bag. Yeah, I remember this. My husband, my poor husband is over here stressing out. Um, I'm screaming. People are coming in and out the room um, visiting us. But I had so much peace. And I remember saying, call my sister. Call my sister. Call my mom because I need to talk to him because I don't know what's happening. I could possibly die because it ruptured. And I was thinking that Leonard was calling everybody. He was calling people he knew. They were praying. He, he was I just tell like, you, just we had praying. all the saints. I He's mean, not playing. All, all our close, saints. our closest people, some of our closest people that live out here, some of our closest people were on the phone praying out loud. And let me tell you, I was actually randomly getting phone calls from people who were strong prayer warriors at the time. Yeah. And I was like, hey, look, I don't know why you call me right now, but pray. Yeah. <laughs> and it was crazy. And like, I remember um, one of, oh, Lenita came in the room. One of our close friends is honors uh, God mom. She was in the room and I was in there crying. And I was just like, I mean, I was screaming. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Because people don't know how to take that. You know, like, how do you feel when you're in the room? And I'm in there screaming in pain. And then I remember my friend Denisha came in the room. And I was like, Denisha, if anything happens to me, take care of Leonard. If anything happens to me, please take care of him. Because Leonard was over there stressing, y'all. Y'all don't even understand. Like I thought my wife was about to he die. Thought I, was, I thought it could possibly happen. And I was like, I was like, Denisha, please take care of him. Like, She's like, Essence. I was like, take care of my husband. And I felt so <laughs> strongly about it. Because so, I was in the room, too, when that was happening. And I'm trying to hide my face. I'm, I'm crying. I already knew. <laughs> Leonard couldn't in. even really talk. Like, every, every, he was just like, just pray. 
He yeah. couldn't even say anything. Like, and I'm like, call my sister. I need to talk to these people because I don't know. And I just, and then God gave me peace, you guys. Like, so after the nurse, so the, the blood transfusion stuff. And then she, um, so after the blood, well, during the blood transfusions, they can't get a hold of the, uh, yeah, uh, the, doctor, the, the anesthesiologist. Uh, yeah. And they're not going to take me into surgery because they don't have the anesthesiologist. So we're waiting on them. And he's on the other side of town. And I'm like, you don't have any other yeah, ones. In Vegas is traffic. And I said, <laughs> and my stomach is just growing. And when I'm screaming, it's because it's like, I'm having pains like it's like contraction pains and it was just because my the blood was filling in my stomach and that's why they were giving me blood because I needed it because I was losing so much and we're waiting on the anesthesiologist so I could possibly lose my life because we're waiting on the anesthesiologist to get there because that's the only one you got in all of Las Vegas like it made no sense to me and I said to the nurse can't you die from this and she said yes and I said so why I said but we have to wait on this anesthesiologist and you don't know where he because he wasn't answering his phone at first so he finally gets there and I just had peace and I remember praying and the part that gets me like choked up whenever I think about this too um but I think I'm fine right now was my prayer that I was saying in my head was Lord forgive me for my sins and the things that I've done that are not pleasing to you and Lord please you know take care of my husband and everything and I was like please forgive me for all the plans and purpose and the things that you had in store for me to do and the things that like I should have been doing, but I didn't like the things that he placed inside of me, the purpose that I was supposed to fulfill and I didn't do it. And I just felt like, Lord, I'm sorry because I could possibly be dead. I could possibly die. And I didn't do what you put me on earth to do. And I'm so sorry for it, but I asked for forgiveness. And that to me was a big deal. Like who wants to be, possibly on your deathbed thinking like, Lord, I'm sorry for not fulfilling the purpose you've called me to or doing the things you've called me to do. So anyway, after that, I was thinking if I go, if I die, I'm going to heaven or I'm going to uh, be in the presence of my father. And then I was 